0: Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord On this Wednesday, the first Wednesday, amen. First Wednesday in September, amen. And we are coming from a secret location today. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're coming from a secret location. But for a love gift of $50 or more, we'll tell you. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Don't you just love those things, amen? you got to get this teaching in your library. It's so important. I want you to have it. But you got to give me a love gift of $50 or more. Right. So, uh, Lord, help us with these things. But we praise God on this Wednesday, September 2nd, um, as we Um, We're going to have Bible study tonight, praise God. And we're going to go um, back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, amen. Um, And we're going to just reference the scripture that was our foundation for last week. Um, We've been in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 for the last couple of weeks First time around, we looked at verses 16, 17, and 18. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And we examine those scriptures from the perspective of, you know, how God wants us to live. Uh, he wants us to rejoice evermore. He wants us to pray without ceasing. Men ought always to pray and not faint. And he wants us to give thanks in everything. Um, and, so, and so we started with that. And then last week, we went to verse 19. And that's where we're going to uh, use as our reference point today, quench not the spirit. Amen. Amen. Quench not the Spirit. King James Version says quench not the Spirit. There are other versions that say do not suppress the Spirit or do not stifle the Holy Spirit. So we're going to um, talk about this and, and and finish up where we were last time because we ended last time in Romans chapter 7. Amen. Not 17. Romans chapter 7 um, where... We were looking at the battle that Paul talked about, flesh and spirit. And we're going to go back there and we're going to pick up there. We'll touch on a couple of things as we go there. Then we'll um, read again Romans chapter 7 verses thirteen or 14 through 25. Um, and we'll keep going on from there. But let's pray first. Glory to God, and then we'll get going. Father, we bless your name, and we just thank you for the gift of another day. We thank you, God. We take it not for granted. We praise you for our life, our health, and our strength, and for keeping us, oh God, in our minds, stayed on you. Now, God, we pray that you will speak into our hearts, that, Father, that you will give us revelation. That Father, that your word will illuminate our spirit, man. Yes, and that Father Lord. God, that we will walk up rightly before you as a result. Teach us, oh God, your more excellent way. And yes. Father, we bless you. And we praise you, God, for this opportunity to learn and to grow and to prosper in the things of God. My prayer tonight, God, is that your blessing and favor will be on everyone under the sound of my yes, voice. Father. And that Father God, that your blessing and your power will be in me and with me that I may faithfully discharge my assignment and fulfill your will at this hour in the name of Jesus to speak the word only. And Father, I thank you and bless you for all the great things you're going to do in the place. Let it be done according to your will. Father, we bless you for it now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we were talking last time, quench not the Spirit. Um, don't stifle the Spirit, um, don't uh, suppress the Spirit. And we have made the observation last time to not stifle or, or suppress the Spirit in yourself or in others. And on further reflection, truly, if we're walking according to the Spirit of God and we are following this, this uh, uh, instruction to quench not the spirit, and we're doing that within ourselves, then we really don't have to be concerned at all whether we're going to quench the spirit in someone else. Because if we are being led by the spirit, we're not going to try to stop someone else from being led by the spirit. Mm -hmm. And so really, it's like take care of your own house and the rest will take care of itself. And we spoke last time real briefly that the Spirit of God uh, speaks in that still small voice that we find in First Kings 19 and verse 12 when it said God spoke to Elijah with a still small voice. And the Holy Spirit is in us. We have the Holy Spirit when we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. We don't have to tarry for him. We don't have to go searching for him or wait for him. The Bible says if we don't have the Spirit, then we don't belong to Jesus. Amen. Okay. So if we accept Jesus Christ, then we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has ministry, right? The Holy Spirit guides us, the Holy Spirit leads us, the Holy Spirit uh, teaches us, the Holy Spirit reminds us of the things that Jesus has said, the Holy Spirit comforts us, the Holy Spirit gives us words to say at the appropriate time. The Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit also, though, convicts us of sin. So the Holy Spirit does so many things for us. And the Holy Spirit is God. Amen? Amen. Um, You know, we know that God the Father resides in heaven. We know that God sent his Son, Jesus, to earth. God became man, right? The Word became flesh and dwelt among Mm -hmm. us um and then jesus after he did what the father wanted him to do by coming in being an atonement for our sins he ascended back to heaven but he didn't do that until the promise of the holy spirit was given in the earth to those who believe in him right Mm -hmm. so that we would not be comfortless that we would yet have another comforter right And so the Holy Spirit is that other comforter. He's God. And he's God on the inside of us, right? Where our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so we have him. But we're told uh, here not to quench the Spirit. Not to extinguish him. uh, Not to stifle him. In Ephesians 4 and 30, we're told that we are to grieve not the Spirit holy spirit right don't grieve him don't upset him don't sadden him don't cause him to sorrow Mm -hmm. how do we do that by not following him and you think about it you know we talked about i think last time that you can get grieved because someone is going down a wrong path and you see it and you're trying to tell them what to do so they can avoid it Mm -hmm. and they just don't want to listen and it could hurt your heart not because you want your way but because you actually know that what you're sharing with them is what's best for their life but they don't want to listen and you know where it's going to lead and it can hurt your heart right Mm -hmm. if you say that boy (laughs) that young man that young lady that couple that group they're on the road to disaster Mm -hmm. right you see it, right and not that you want it but you see it and it could Grieve you. And so we're told not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And the way not to grieve the Holy Spirit is to allow ourselves to be led by him. Yes. Right? Romans 8 and 14 says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We allow ourselves to be led. To be led means that we voluntarily submit. Right? Voluntary submission. Holy Spirit is not going to commandeer your vehicle, right? Right. He's not going to come and and flash his divine badge and say, Holy Spirit, move over and start driving your car. You know, he's going, it's up to you to allow the Holy Spirit in and to voluntarily submit. And then he's now leading. And if, if we allow him to lead, then we please God, we please the Holy Spirit. But when we don't, then we grieve him. Amen. Amen. And, and the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Um, now, I want to look at something that we did look at last time. This is in Galatians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. And in the King James Version, it says that the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Right. So the spirit of God wants to do the things of God. But the flesh wants to do the things of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Um The Amplified version refers to the flesh as the godless human nature. Yes. That's what the flesh is. Our flesh is godless. Yes. (laughs) Our godless human nature. That's the flesh. Whereas the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit of God. And so you have the Holy Spirit of God and you have the godless human nature. (laughs) So it's no wonder that they're opposed one to the other. Um, the Holy Spirit wants to do the things of God, and the godless human nature wants nothing to do with God. Mm. Right? The thing that prompts somebody to say, Don't tell me nothing about that Jesus stuff, is the godless human nature yes. speaking. Right? The Spirit of God would never say that. Amen. Right? Mm-hmm. So when you're sharing a word with somebody, they go, I don't want to hear the word right now. That's coming from their godless human nature. Amen. Amen. Because the spirit of God always wants to hear the word of God. Amen. 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 So um the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Verse 18, Galatians chapter 5. But if ye be led of the Spirit, led again means voluntarily submit, voluntary submission. If you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. You don't have to concern yourself about following rules and do's and don'ts. See, a lot of people say that. I can't get into church. I can't follow God because it's all these rules. It's all these do's and don'ts. No, it's not. See, if if you're led of the Spirit, then you don't have to worry about the law. You don't have to worry about the thou shalt not. You don't have to worry about the do's and the don'ts. Because the Spirit of God is going to lead you in the ways of God. The Spirit of God is going to lead you according to the will of God. The Spirit of God is going to lead you according to the Word of God. And so if the Spirit of God is leading you, then you're going to be doing what God wants you to do. You don't have to worry about trying to, to... Check off things on the list. I did this today. I did this today. You don't have to worry about that. Right? Because the Spirit of God is leading you. In the ways of God. But. You know. We do have. This problem though. Which Galatians chapter 5. In verse 17. Highlights for us. And that is. This lusting. Or this. This, this battle, this opposition one to the other, the desires of the flesh, our godless nature, and the desires of the Holy Spirit. They are at odds, one with another. Amen. And in Romans chapter 7, this is where we were talking last week, where Paul talks about this battle, right? This battle or the Christian struggle. Now, some people say that what Paul was talking about couldn't possibly be the struggle of a Christian, because if you're a Christian, then you're not battling with these things. Okay. All I'm going to say is this, the devil is a liar, amen, because, and we got to get this, because just because you are a Christian does not mean that you don't have The battles with sin and temptation and all the rest of that. Listen, let's just make it plain. If Satan tempted Jesus, he's going to tempt you. Amen. Now, being tempted is not a sin. Mm -hmm. Falling, you know, I shouldn't say falling, but giving in to the temptation Mm -hmm. is the sin. But Jesus is the only one who was able to walk on this earth being tempted by Satan and was yet without sin. Yes. All of us, right, we can't say that. So, therefore, all of us still commit sin. That you're a Christian doesn't mean you don't commit sin anymore. Um, You just... Your sin has now been washed away, and the penalty of your sin has been fully paid for once and for all by Christ. So you're not under the penalty of sin, Amen. but it doesn't mean that you don't. It's like you're guilty, right? I'm guilty, right? But you know you can't. I can't be convicted, <laughs> yes, in, in the sense of I can't be condemned, right? Because Jesus paid the price. So, this Romans chapter 7 is, in my view, the Christian struggle. And Paul describes it this way in verse 14. I'm going to read in the New Living Translation. It's a little bit easier to follow. But either way, you get the point even if you read it in the King James Version. But in the New Living Translation, it says in Romans 7, 14-25, So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. Now, let's just stop there. It it, it is so freeing when you can understand that the trouble is not with the law. The trouble is not with God. The trouble is not with Jesus. The trouble is not with the Word. The trouble is not there. The trouble, Paul says, is with me. (laughs) And see, so many of us still have issues because we refuse to to acknowledge that the trouble is with me. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, if you didn't talk to me that way, I wouldn't have got mad. No, the trouble is with me because mm-hmm. I need to learn, right? To say, yeah, you mm-hmm. could talk to me that way, but I got to be better at how I respond. Yes. Or I can just keep saying it's you and it's him and it's her and mm-hmm. it's them. And it's everything out here that causes me problems. Well, you're going to continue to have problems. Mm -hmm. But when you get to that point where you say, the trouble is with me. Then you can allow God to work on you. And then things around you can still stay the same. And you will be a different person, a better person, a stronger person, living a better life. Because you allow God to work on the trouble. Which was with you. Amen. Now this is not to say other people are in trouble. But they ain't your business. (laughs) This is. Right. This is our business. We got to take care of ourselves. So Paul says. The trouble is with me. But I am all too human. A slave to sin. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right. But I don't do it. Instead, I do what I what I hate, verse 16. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. Now, those are two different statements, right? I want to do what is right, but I can't. Yes. That's saying I'm not able. Yeah, You really get to that point. I'm not able. I'm not able to control my temper. I, I, I know I, I want to just... Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I'm going to count to 10. I'm going to count to 10. <laughs> One, two... Wow. You You just can't. Right? Mm -hmm. You want to, but you can't. That's inability. Then he says, I want to do what is good, but I don't. Meaning, I choose to do something else. I want to do what was right, but I didn't do it. Right. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. (laughs) But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing it. It is sin living in me that day. Verse 21, I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Oh, yes. mm. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power is makes me a slave to the sin, watch this, that is still within me. See, if I can get gonna say, see, you ain't saved. You got sin in you, you ain't saved. Listen, the battle is still there. You can be saved and still sin, mm-hmm. right? You, you can, and you can still, have weaknesses. You can. You could still want to do things that uh, bring you pleasure, bring you pleasure, but displease God. Mm-hmm. You can, right? And so, the fact that he says to the sin that is still within me doesn't mean that he's not saved. Some people say that. This is Paul talking before he was saved. Mm-hmm. So he says. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is within me. Verse 24. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin so paul hits here on certain realities that we want to touch on uh briefly one is that becoming a christian does not remove all sin and temptation from our lives amen that because you became a christian doesn't mean all sin is removed from your life and it doesn't mean that temptation is removed from your life amen mm-hmm. um, that's what makes this walk such a challenge because you have the enemy mm-hmm. trying to tempt us to do things that are contrary to the will of god and then you still have this godless human nature you didn't become a different nature right. you took on god's nature but you're still a human being <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm still a human being now I'm a, i must now should be spirit-led but again being spirit-led doesn't mean the spirit grabs you by your neck and forces you around town. Amen. Being spirit-led means voluntarily submitting. Please understand that God has not taken away from man the thing called choice. He gave Adam and Eve choice in the garden. You could eat from any tree you want to, except from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And now I'm going to put it right smack dab in the middle of the garden, you make a choice. I'm not hiding it. I'm not putting it way out somewhere where it's out of sight, out of mind. I'm gonna put it right where you can see it every single day. I'm gonna put it right in the middle of the garden and I'm telling you, don't eat from it. Now you have a choice. Are you gonna follow what I'm saying or are you going to follow something else? Mm -hmm. He gave man choice from the very beginning We still have choice. Amen. Holy Spirit is not telling us what to do. We voluntarily submit to him when we're led by him. And so when we don't voluntarily submit, we're going to go astray. We're going to go astray. We're going to (coughs) sin. Temptation is going to lead us away. So one of the realities that we have to deal with is that becoming a Christian doesn't remove all sin and temptation from our lives. points out why we need the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because temptation is going to come. This godless human nature is going to want to do things that are contrary to the will of God. We need the Holy Spirit to keep us on the right path. Yes. Quench not the Spirit. We need Him. Right? <coughs> then it says here, um in terms of certain reality that we have to deal with that you need to understand that you know like being being a Christian you need water yeah yeah my water thank you um you're welcome but here's the thing so 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 giving your life to you know a Christian. Let's talk about that because Christian, the word Christian, really means Christ one, right? Yes. You're one. You know, you're a Christ one. Um, and but but we gotta understand that becoming a Christian, as we said, doesn't mean who won't sin and temptation. But you gotta understand that the difference between like like to become a Christian is 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 a singular act of faith. Mm-hmm. It's a singular act. We, 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 we engage in a singular act of faith in a moment when we say, Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. Right. We, we become a Christian, we become a Christ one. But just because you and I become a Christ one with that singular act of faith that we exercise in a moment, doesn't mean we become Christ-like. Right. You can be a Christ one without being Christ-like, because a Christ one is something that happens in a moment when you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. But becoming Christ-like is something that's a it's 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 not an act of faith, it's a walk of faith mm. that that doesn't happen in a moment, it happens over the course of a lifetime. Right. So becoming a Christian, a Christ one is an act of faith that happens in a moment. But becoming Christ like, right, is a walk of faith that is exercised over the course of a lifetime. So so we become a Christ one when we make one decision. (laughs) But becoming like Christ is a series of decisions, after decisions, after decisions, after decisions. That's how we become Christ-like. So you can be Christian and not be Christ-like if you don't engage in the walk of faith and let God perfect you, right? Because it's a process. We are being perfected. Glory to God. We are being perfected. Uh. our mind is in the process of being renewed, right? We're being transformed, how? By the renewing, the ongoing process of our minds. So, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ one, but that's something that happened in a moment in time by an act of faith. But if I'm going to go from being a Christ one to being Christ-like, now I have to engage in a continual walk of faith over the course of my life, and and that walk doesn't end until Jesus returns or God calls me home, whichever comes first. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's an ongoing, that's an ongoing process. And, and 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 being Christ like is not a matter of keeping rules, it's not a matter of willpower. I'm gonna be like Jesus. What would Jesus do? No. It's it's not willpower, it's Holy Ghost power. And that's why we need the Holy Ghost, right? We make a decision when we say, I'm coming out of this darkness and I want the light of the the, the Lord to, to guide me from here on. So I'm giving my life to Jesus. Now, once we do that, we need the Holy Spirit now to lead us in the way of Christ. Amen. Amen. That's why we can't quench the Holy Spirit. Another reason why we can't quench the Holy Spirit. Um. so let's so the, the, that's those are certain realities that we have to deal with and so here Paul was talking about it he said listen this is this battle that's going on It's this battle this battle this battle you know where I want to please God how many people want to please God Amen. if you're a Christ one you want to be Christ like you want to please God and you're trying to please God but you can't please God by Obeying rules without the Spirit's help—you see—and you have the Spirit's help, you don't have to worry about obeying rules. You just, you just follow Him, <laughs> right. and He's going to lead you in the ways of God. Right? Um, but we are going to be tempted, um, and we can't attempt to resist the devil without the Holy Spirit. Right? James um, four and seven says, "Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God." Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that order is important, right? You just you and I just can't rise up and say, get thee behind me, Satan, <laughs> right? Like we're going to resist him and think he's going to flee because the order is important. Submit yourself unto God. And there's that word submit again, right? We talked about being led of the spirit is voluntary submission. See, see, the thing about this, and I don't know we don't like submission, all you got to do is ask women, because the the verse in the Bible that so many women don't like is, submit unto unto your own husband as unto the Lord. Oh my goodness, you want to see some, (laughs) you want to see some women almost lose their salvation. Start, start preaching that one. Right there. <laughs> they be watching, hmm, Mister Preacher Man, hmm. I want to see what you want to say about this. Nobody likes to submit, right? Right. Cause we want to do our own thing, but but right, but 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 get the connection. We're all to submit unto God, and when it comes to being led by the Spirit, that's voluntary submission. Okay? Oh, yeah. And if we're going to resist the devil, it first starts with submitting unto God. Submit yourself therefore unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. That's the order. We yeah. have to submit Amen. to God first. And see, many times we don't like the one the, the reason why we don't like the word submit is because in from the world's point of view, submitting is surrendering, and surrendering is losing. Yeah right mm-hmm. if you surrender you're playing a game with somebody you say okay i give up you surrender you lost right or you know in the, in the context of the law a, a criminal who's on the run who surrenders now gives up his liberty so surrendering is, a, is associated with all kinds of losing you lose the game you lose your liberty right you lose things from the world's perspective of surrendering But when we surrender to God, we win, right? We don't surrender to defeat, we surrender to victory, right? We don't surrender to, like with the criminal who now loses his liberty and is taken into custody. When we surrender to God, the shackles are broken and now we're free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And so we have to get into our minds that when it comes to submission, and submitting to God, that's not a negative thing. No matter what it is in the world. Yes, It's not a negative thing when it comes to God. So we submit and surrender unto God, we're surrendering to victory. We're surrendering to liberty. Yes. And when we surrender, then we can resist the devil. Because now that we surrender to God, we're empowered by God. And now, when you say, get thee behind me, Satan, mm-hmm. your voice roars with the sound of heaven behind it. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes the devil run, but he recognizes Jesus' voice. Jesus, I know. <laughs> <Yes. Amen. laughs> Those demons said to the sons of Sceva, Jesus, I know. <laughs> so, when they hear Jesus in you, they go, I know that voice. I'm getting on up out of here. So, we have to have the Holy Spirit if we're going to resist the devil. And here's the other thing we're going to need the Holy Spirit for. And this comes back to this whole idea of whether you're a Christian or not. You and I need the Holy Spirit if we're going to resist the allure of sin. What do you mean, allure of sin? Well, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, in Hebrews 11, we know is the, um, the uh, Hall of Faith chapter. And in talking about Moses, Hebrews 11 and 24 says that by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Yeah. Verse 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Um, in the Amplified Version, says that he he chose to bear the shame of the people of God rather than have the fleeting enjoyment of a sinful life. Yeah. See, but but understand, it's enjoyment. Sin is enjoyable. <laughs> sin is pleasurable. Yeah. And see, somebody right now who's so sanctified that they're not real, going, what in the world are you talking about? No, it's not. Sin is evil. I'm not talking about the character of sin. I'm talking about... <laughs> I'm talking about... How sin makes us feel yes <laughs> sin is pleasurable <laughs> listen see cuz you can be tempted to sin we can all agree on that right? right That we can be tempted to sin but I will suggest to you that you can't be tempted to do something that doesn't bring you pleasure exactly <laughs> Amen. Right. if it doesn't bring you pleasure you can't be tempted to do it right so for example if you've never had a drink of alcohol in your life, or you 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 were you have uh, you have drinking alcoholic before uh, in your life, but now you don't, and you're off, and you don't like it, and you don't want it, and all the rest of it, then you can't be tempted in it. <laughs> right. Right. Put another way, let's make it even easier. If you don't like glazed donuts. I can come in from Dunkin' Donuts with a with with a dozen of them. And I can say, you want a donut? You go, no, I don't want a donut. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you don't like donuts. And I can go to you, I can open it up and put it right under your nose. you will smell it right out the oven. Smell it, smell it, smell it. You're gonna go, I don't care. I don't want a donut. I, I, can, I can start eating a donut right in front of your face. And I can start acting like Bill Murray. And what about Bob? Remember when he was eating that <laughs> corn in the car? And he eating. Mmm. 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 Mm, mmm. Mm, mm. I can do all that. And you're going to look at me like a new fool. And you go, look, I'm glad you like your donut. But I don't want a donut. Right. And you can't tempt me with a donut because I don't like Donuts. You see how it works? If if you don't like the thing, you can't be tempted in it. We're only tempted in the things that we like. And some of the things we like lie beneath the surface. What do I mean? There are some things that we have an inclination toward. We have a desire toward those things, but we don't know it until the temptation comes. Mm. There is many a man and many a woman who cheated on their spouse, had no intention of doing it. And They thought, but then when the temptation came, they were surprised how they gave in. How did they give in? Because it was something that they had an inclination to do. Mm. Come on, somebody. But if somebody who said, nah, no way in the world, my vows mean everything to me, and the whole idea of, 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 of breaking those vows was so distasteful to them, Man, you could bring a whole string of people in here trying to get them to cut off. You you might as well just get to (laughs) stepping. Ain't happening today. Mm -hmm. Amen? So, we got to understand that temptation only comes in the area that is enticing to you. And why is it enticing? Because it'll feel good. And here's the thing. But like I said, it's fleeting. It feels good for a season. Mm -hmm. And then that feel-good wears off. That's why so many people, when they engage in sin, they feel good when they're doing it. Oh, but when the thing is over. Right? They really feel bad. Why? Because it's the pleasure is fleeting. But let's make no mistake. There's pleasure in it. Because if there was no pleasure in it, you wouldn't do it. <laughs> That's right. And the pleasure is not a godly pleasure. It's one that your flesh your godless human nature wants to engage in but this is why we need the holy spirit help and this is where this battle comes in that paul's talking about flesh and spirit right we 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 need it because becoming christ-like is a process that comes from continual submission to the holy spirit it's not a one-time thing continual And and then because Satan's going to keep coming, trying to to tempt us in our area of of weakness, the things that he knows gives us pleasure, even if it's just for a season, in order to resist him successfully, we need Holy Ghost power to do that. And so this is why it's so important to not quench the Spirit, right? But to allow the Spirit to to live in us. Now let's let's go to um, Romans chapter 8. Because we just read uh, through Romans chapter 7, verse 25 where Paul said, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And in verse uh, number 1 in Romans 8, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who do what? Walk not after the flesh, but what? After the Spirit, or as you say, according to the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, let's jump down to verse 5. It says, they that are after the flesh, and that's, again, the godless human nature, do what? They mind the things of the flesh. Mm -hmm. The flesh wants to do, the godless human nature wants to do godless things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They don't want God to be part of it. (laughs) Right? The the flesh, the the they that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh. But watch this. But they that are after the spirit, they mind the things of the spirit. But to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Amen? Amen. And so we want to be spiritually minded. We want to be spiritually led. Um and that's why we have to quench not the spirit. And the more we say yes to the spirit the more we're allowing the spirit to operate in us but every time we say no to his leading every time we say no to his teaching every time we say no to his reminder even when we say no to his comfort you know how god was trying to comfort jonah and jonah didn't want to hear any of it (laughs) He just kept wanting to be mad. Mm-hmm. Some of us are like that sometimes, you know. Yeah. The Holy Spirit comes, He's trying to comfort us, and we just want to have a pity party. Yeah. Right? So, when we don't, every time we say no to God, our heart gets hard and the Spirit gets quenched. Mm-hmm. But the more we say yes, the more we voluntarily submit, then we give the Spirit more leeway in our lives, and we're led by the Spirit more and more, and we enjoy more and more mm-hmm. victory. We, we enjoy more and more victory over temptation. We enjoy more and more victory over the devil. We enjoy more and more victory in that battle against our godless human nature. Oh, yeah. But we can't do it without the help of God in the form of the Holy Spirit. Now, one last thing I want to turn to, and then we'll go, is in Ephesians chapter 5. it says and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the holy spirit and so you know paul here because he's writing to the church at ephesus is saying don't be drunk with wine Mm -hmm. right because don't be drunk with wine um because, you know, if you're, you're drunk with wine, then then you become under the influence of the wine. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, he says, but don't be drunk with wine. Don't be under the influence of the wine. And he even says, wherein is excess. You know, you, you, you will do things to excess when you have, when you're under the influence of alcohol. Right? Mm-hmm. People talk, you ever see how people, they lose their inhibitions? Mm -hmm. They talk louder, (laughs) right? They make bad decisions. They all of a sudden become bold. Um, You know, they become loose and all these kind of things. They do things to excess. They enjoy themselves a little too much, (laughs) right? Um, Because they're under the influence of wine or or drink. And Paul says, don't be drunk with wine wherein there is excess. Mm -hmm. But be filled with the Spirit. And by being filled with the Spirit, he's saying, listen, don't be under the influence of wine, be under the influence of the Spirit. Yes. Right? And and you got to understand that as you're under the influence, you know, you know, Paul said in another place, he said, listen, whoever you obey, you become the servant or the slave to whomever you obey. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, we can't. We, we're not supposed to be double-minded. The Bible tells us that. So we can't obey the flesh and the spirit. We got to make a choice. Right. Right? We have to make a choice. And, and, you know, like Jesus even said, when he was talking about following God and, 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 and serving God and serving money, in, in Matthew chapter 6, he said, you, you can't have two masters. He said, you're either going to hate the one and love the other, or you're going to despise the one and hold on to the other. You can't have two masters. You and I can't have two masters. Our flesh and our spirit can't, and the Holy Spirit, can't both be our masters. Right? We have to choose. We have to make a choice. Right? And it goes back even to, to Joshua. It says, Listen, choose you this day whom you will serve. Yes. We have to make a choice. And so, here we have to make a choice. Are we going to be drunk with wine to excess or allow wine, as Paul's saying here? And these are like just, you know, the wine is a good, you know, it's, it's the thing that we take into our flesh, right? Mm-hmm. Are we going to allow that to influence us or are we going to allow the Holy Spirit sure. to influence us? And it's a good metaphor because alcohol, when you drink alcohol, especially to excess, Yeah, yeah, I got drunk before. So what? I just telling myself why. Tell the truth, shame the devil. And there's a whole lot of you right there. That's right, you and you and you. You got drunk before too. Amen. That's right. That's Amen. right. Amen. But but if you ever been under the influence of alcohol, you understand something. It affects it affects you, right? It it will affect the way you walk. It affect the way you talk. And it'll affect your sight. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? When you have too much alcohol, your, your walk is unsteady, your speaking is slurred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop talking like foghorn, leghorn. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Your speech is slurred, and your eyes are blurry, mm-hmm. and your sight is impaired. Right? That's when you're under the influence of the alcohol. But when you're under the influence of spirits, the same thing that your your, your walk is affected, your talk is affected, mm-hmm. and your sight is affected. But but the, the difference is that when you're affected that way, when you have mm-hmm. wine to access. Your, your your walk, your talk, and your sight Is affected in ways That aren't pleasing to God mm. But when you're being led by the Spirit Your walk, your talk, and your sight Are affected in ways that are pleasing to God oh, yeah. See, so now As you give in to the Spirit And you voluntarily submit And the Spirit leads you When you walk you walk like a king and queen that you are. You walk like royalty, right? Amen. You 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 walk by faith and not by sight, right? You walk right according to way God would have you to walk. When you talk, you talk in a way. That is right. You, you, your words are excellent words. Your, your, you speak words that are fitly chosen. Your, your words are words of grace seasoned with salt that edify the hearer. You, you, you say things that, that, that build up and not tear down and you see things, right? You, you. God shows you things he can talk to you like Joshua see I have given you Jericho and you go I see it or you can be like Abraham and you don't have to see anything he can just say go to a land I will show you and you yes, go yes sir yes. because now you're walking by faith not by sight because you're led by the spirit so it affects your walk it affects yes. your talk it affects your sight but it does it in ways that are pleasing to God Yeah. And so here it says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, let's just, we're going to end here. And we got because this is an important point. And we're going to end right here. Being filled with the Spirit doesn't mean you get more Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen? Right. He's God. He didn't come into you somewhat. You have him. Right. Right? Amen. So it's not about. Being filled with the Spirit. Lord, I need some more. <laughs> oh my. Lord, I need some more Holy Ghost. <laughs> if you want me to do that job, I need some more Holy Ghost. No, you don't need some more <laughs> Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. That's not that's not what it means to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I need some more. No, no, no. You don't need any more. See, see, being filled with the Holy Ghost is not about how much of the Holy Ghost you have. It's about how much of you the Holy Ghost has. Wow. Yeah. See, see, and that's where the voluntary submission comes in. Because how many of you know you can submit to the Holy Ghost in this area of your life and in this area of your life and in this area of your life, but, oh, not this one. Oh, come on, somebody. There's some people who submit to the Holy Ghost when it comes to going to church. I'm going mm-hmm. to church. There's some people who submit to the Holy Ghost when it comes to, you know, Reading your Bible or you read your Bible. There's some people submit to the Holy Ghost and, and it comes to this the same person it comes to praying. But now the Holy Ghost starts talking about your money. Oh, he got a problem with that one right there. <laughs> See? So 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 it's not about you needing more Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Ghost needs to have more of you. And so that's what it means to be filled with the Holy Ghost. The more you give of yourself to the Holy Ghost, the more you quench not. the more you be led by, the more you voluntarily submit to the Holy Ghost, Amen. the more you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Because now you're not holding yourself back. See, the Holy Ghost wants to rise up in you. And instead of you going, nah, 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 I'm trying to keep him down. You go, okay, 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 okay. Okay. You can have that part too. You can have that part too. the next thing you know, he got all of you. Glory to God in heaven. Amen. And so so that's what we have to do. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve him. But allow yourself to be filled. And that's a process that's ongoing. Are you going to be 100% on this every single day? No, No. you're not. You're not. But that's where grace and mercy comes in. Thank God for grace and mercy. Amen. But you just keep at it and just, you know, listen, I want to live a victorious life. But if I'm going to live a God kind of life, then I need the God <laughs> who, who, who wants this life for me to Amen. lead me. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Amen. Mm-hmm. So so allow the Holy Spirit to have more of you. And you'll be filled with the Spirit. You'll walk differently, talk differently, see differently live differently. Amen. Amen? Amen. Quench not the spirit. That's it for tonight. Let's pray. Glory to God in heaven. Let's pray tonight. Father, we bless your name. We thank you, God, for the words that you shared with us on tonight. We thank you, God, for your spirit. We thank you, God, for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Who dwells on the inside of us. Father, we pray right now that we will submit to the leading of the Holy Ghost more yes, and more yes, and more, more you, that we might be led by the Spirit of God, led into truth, led into power, led into revelation, led into breakthrough and deliverance, mm-hmm. led into the blessings of God. Yes, Father, God, we just thank you, thank you Jesus. that you have not left us comfortless, but we do have the Holy Spirit on the inside. And Father God, uh, continue to minister unto us your word, and Father God, as we uh, purpose in our heart to submit. Let us, O God, see the fruit of our labor speedily, O God. Let us see the difference that our submission can make. And Father, let us be quick to lift up our hands wherever we are and give your name the praise. Father, Mm -hmm. we bless you now for what you have done and for the bread of life that you have broken before us. You've nourished our spirit. And so now, God, we bless you and we we honor you in the name of Jesus. Now, God, we just ask you to be with us on the rest of this night. Wherever we may be, God, we thank you that you are there. You said you will never leave us nor forsake us. And so, God, I thank you for your abiding presence with each and every one continue to to smile down upon us and we'll continue to lift you up and exalt you and to make our boast in the Lord. We love you tonight. We bless you tonight. We give your name the highest praise. Hallelujah to the Lord our God. The almighty reigns and we give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name. name. Amen. 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 Uh, So praise God. Amen. Um, As we say hour and hour from our secret location. But again, if you want to know where we are, send in your love offering. <laughs> Amen. and We'll share it with you. Amen. Praise be unto God. Yeah, I got to make them jokers. No, that's terrible stuff. But listen, have a good night and we'll see you next time. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Amen.